Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. And we're back for another episode of Deeds in the Desert. My name is Izzy Urzari. I oversee the marketing department here at Ignite Funding. I have two guests with us today. I've got Kate Buda, business development exec, as well as Howard Robbins, business development exec. So we're going to jump right into today's episode all about how we mitigate risk for our investors and how we just mitigate risk in general from a company standpoint. So Howard, you're first up. How do we mitigate risk compared to the platforms such as like crowdfunders, like uh, in terms of collateralized, collateralizing the investment? Yeah. So um, what makes us different than the uh, crowdfunders is that we are um, we are placing our investors on individual notes uh, related to individual properties. So uh, their their name and their account is listed on the deed of trust. Uh, the deed of trust is the document that puts a lien on a piece of property. It's recorded in the county recorder's office. And um, it basically gives the investors a, a physical tangible asset collateralizing their loan because the uh, borrower uh, cannot transact that property until that uh, deed of trust is removed with what's called a reconveyance deed. And we're not gonna give them that reconveyance deed until they've repaid the loan. So it's really important to making sure that clients understand that their name is actually on the deed of trust. They can go and look this up somewhere? They'll actually even get a copy of it. We provide oh, them okay. with a copy on every investment that they make. Perfect. All right, Kate, let's jump into how another way that we mitigate risk is when we lend to borrowers that are coming to us looking for funding, do we lend them 100% LTVs? Absolutely not. Um, we want to make sure that they're, they have their own skin in the game. Okay. Now, whether that skin is equity in the property. So when we're loaning, we're looking uh, mostly at a 75% loan to value or less. So uh, you will see that from most of the deals that we do, mm -hmm. as well as some of these borrowers might come to, to the table with their own cash okay. in the game. So they might be putting up, you know, $500,000 towards maybe their points or, or loan origination fees, whatever it is, so that they have their own skin in the game. Let's not scare listeners out there too. Like, let's say they do see a loan that we release and it does have a 89 or 92% loan to value. Why would, why would that happen? Why would they see that? Is, is it something to run from? Is it okay? What, what would you say about that? Um, I would actually tell you, yes, it is okay. Um, if you do see it and you have questions, call us. Call Howard or myself. We can explain to you why that loan to value would be higher. In some cases, maybe it's a home builder mm -hmm. and we have a loan that has multiple lots. As those lots sell, the loan to value on that property is going to come down because that borrower is paying off that loan. So there's a lot of reasons as to why that uh, loan to value could be above that 75% threshold. Gotcha. Yeah. And just to add to that, too, um, <clears throat> remember that Ignite Funding, we never advertise our opinion of loan to value. What do you mean by that? Well, so our underwriters go through an extensive process determining the valuation of the property. They take into consideration a lot of different factors. But we are our opinion 
of what the value of that property is is considered biased. Okay. So we will never advertise that to you. We're, we're more than happy to talk to you about our methodologies and how we determine that loan to value. Um, but if you see one of our fact sheets on a loan that we're putting out and it shows a, de a, a definitive loan to value, mm -hmm. that means that we have gotten a third party opinion of value, gotcha. either an appraiser or uh, another broker who mm -hmm. gave us a third party opinion of value. Got it. Um, we don't shop around for opinions of value. So we won't go out to, you know, a, a half a dozen different brokers and present the best one to So we our get what investors. we get, basically. We go to get one, we get one, and we present whatever that, that value comes in at, and that value is going to dictate what the percentage is. May not be what our opinion is, mm -hmm. but it is what, what the, that one third-party opinion is. All right, let's just stay with uh, some of the more of the borrower questions and how we're mitigating risk on that end. I mean, Howard, you've been here well over uh, 13, 13 years now? Coming up on 13. 13 years. And um, when you started here, where were a lot of the loans at, the ones that we were releasing? Pretty much everything was in Nevada, right? Yeah, I mean, we were doing a lot of stuff right here in our backyard. Um, <clears throat> we were doing a lot of loans with uh, home builders up mm -hmm. in southern Utah because mm -hmm. uh, that area was rapidly developing. And this was back in 2010, mm -hmm. 11, 12 um, but yeah, we've definitely spread out. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot more loans in Arizona, still in Utah, uh, Colorado, Idaho, in Texas, New now Mexico, too. Texas. Yeah, yeah uh, pretty much the southwestern mm -hmm. states. And on occasion, we will have loans in other states mm -hmm. for specific borrowers. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. That's one way that we're mitigating risk. The loans that we're offering are not centric to just Nevada, where we're based here in Las Vegas. They're not just in Utah or Arizona. They're all over the United States. I believe we've probably been in about anywhere between 18 and 20 different states since we came into inception. Like you mentioned, though, we are in other states, you know, one-off states when uh, we do have a borrower that is trying to do something and we have worked with them for several years and we understand their model. So it's not unheard of to see us in, you know, Illinois, Missouri, Florida, or those other places. But still to this day, would you still say our primary, um, primary projects are all over the Southwest region? Primarily, yeah. yeah. Um, those those deals that you see in Illinois or Florida or North Carolina, mm -hmm. those are uh, with specific borrowers. We tend to stay away from the judicial foreclosure states. What's that? Well, judici judicial foreclosure states are states where they require um, a, a court process, a, mm -hmm. a hearing, a judge hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, for a foreclosure on a piece of property. Okay. Judicial foreclosure states tend to take a lot longer to foreclose on the piece of property and are more expensive. Something we definitely don't want for our investors. Now, that's not to say that we will not lend in those states, but mm -hmm. again, only for very specific borrowers. Gotcha. Thanks again for listening to Deeds in the Desert. This ad is sponsored by Pillars of Finance. Pillars of Finance is an investment community created by industry experts for investors of all kinds. It is a virtual event that takes place on April 4th at 3 p.m. If you have not registered or if you would like to learn more, go to pillarsoffinance.com or click the registration link in the podcast description. And thanks again for listening to Deeds in the Desert. All right, next one's up is uh, for you, Kate. So we talked a little bit about how we limit how much our borrower, our borrower exposure is. We're expanding our markets in different states like that. For, so from the investor standpoint, though, 
how are we mitigating risk for an investor standpoint? Let's say I'm an investor, I have $150,000 and I wanna invest in one loan. What would you tell me? I would advise you highly against that. Okay. Um, as you invest, any investment that you have, right? Diversification is key. Okay. Whether you're in the market or whether you're investing in promissory notes like these. Mm -hmm. um, you should be choosing different borrowers, different asset classes, different states. Okay. And that just helps you mitigate your risk. If one of those borrowers goes into a default, mm -hmm. right? You have your other loans to fall back on that you're still earning interest on. That way you are also mitigating your risk. You're still receiving those interest payments mm -hmm. on those other loans while we at Inherit Ignite Funding are working through a default or foreclosure situation. You said something earlier about asset classes. What do you mean by that? Asset classes are the different types of loans that we could do. So a borrower could come to us, let's say it's a home builder, right? Okay. They find a piece of property that they want to develop. That would be a land acquisition loan. Okay. Um, then as they go into the development phase of their project, as they are getting uh, the entitlements done, zoning complete, plot maps done, um, that would be the development phase of their project that we would loan on. And then of course there's vertical construction because now they're constructing. So those three classes are a lot of what we are doing mm -hmm. and the types of loans that you'll see coming from us. Howard, can you elaborate a little bit more on the different types of a commercial loans that people might see and how they can diversify among those? <clears throat> well, uh, all of our loans are, are commercial grade paper. Mm -hmm. So um, we're, we're not lending to uh, consumers or people who attend a seminar and want to go flip, fix and flip houses. Right. We're, we're lending to professional construction companies. So all of our loans are commercial grade. Um, and that could be residential property, it could mm -hmm. be commercial property or industrial property, um, as Kate was talking about the, mm -hmm. uh, the asset classes within this asset class mm -hmm. called real estate debt or trust deed investing. The, the paper itself is, right. is commercial. So under the commercial arm, people can see everything from retail, mixed use, office space, even some industrial stuff. I know we've, we've seen some of those projects recently. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are just more ways that we're over here trying to make make sure that we're mitigating risk is not only are we diversifying them under asset classes, states, borrowers, but we're even having like some subtype stuff under the commercial side of things, like some of those things that I mentioned as well. Yeah. And we as a company also diversify in the same way. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we don't give more than a, a certain percentage of our total loan servicing portfolio right, to right. any one borrower. So we don't over leverage ourselves with one borrower. Right. right. So all we're doing is we are um, we're diversifying within our loan servicing portfolio and we recommend to our investors to do the same within their own individual portfolios. Would you say also that we mitigate our um, risk for investors by having very short term durations of loans? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, all of our loans are written for nine to 18 months in duration. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the it's not uncommon for the borrowers to pay those off early, but mm -hmm. um, we also do a lot of refinancing of the same loans, which gives our investors options. So, you know, when a refinance loan, uh, when we're originating a refinance loan to pay off one of our own loans, mm -hmm. Our investors have a choice. They can roll the money over from one loan to the next mm -hmm. without missing a day of interest, or they can wait for the new loan to be executed, which pays off the old loan and receive that money back in uh, principal return. Nice. All right, Kate, last one's for you. So we've pretty much talked across the board on how we mitigate risk for our company, how we mitigate the risk for the borrowers, and how we mitigate risk for the investors. 
But how how are you dealing with when you're mitigating risk for a potential client? What are the things that you're having to explain to a client that hasn't hasn't invested yet, hasn't even opened an account? What are some of the first things you talk to them about and how we mitigate risk? Well, we do talk about the borrower, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the most important piece. We talk about the property because that's the collateral for their investment. Okay. Um, so we talk about that. But then we also talk about where are your funds sitting currently? Okay. Right. Um, a lot of people right now are in the market, which is very volatile. We talk about these investments being a ten, minimum 10% return. Okay. Right. So as they are trying to mitigate risk overall in their total portfolio, mm -hmm. whether it is these type of real estate investments or stocks, bonds. Right. right. Not being too over leveraged it, in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Exactly. Like and I would tell them also, we are very careful. And when they fill out the loan documents, there's one question in there that's asked to make sure that they don't over leverage their real estate portfolio, that right. they don't have more of their overall portfolio in real estate. So all of those things factor in when uh, Howard and I start having conversations with new clients, because mm -hmm. we want to make sure what is their overall arching uh, perspective. Like, what are they looking to get out of their investment portfolio in mm -hmm. totality? Not just us, but what they're looking to do in other investments also. Perfectly said. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of Deeds in the Desert. Thank you again for our co-hosting over here of uh, Kate Buda and Howard Robbins. Always great to have you guys here, especially with uh, both of them always dealing with potential clients and our current client base right now, getting them invested and making sure that we're mitigating that risk as much as possible. Again, this is Izzy Urizari signing off on Deeds in the Desert. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 